When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike McCarthy said it himself, this is more than just a game between the Cowboys and the 49ers because it is tied back directly into the last couple of playoff losses from the Cowboys. And yet, so much has changed since January 22nd, and we'll break it down tonight on Primetime. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me as you join the stream. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So take about a half a second and smash that button for me. Hope that you guys are having a fun Wednesday. It is Wednesday night. And let me say something right away. That hype, that big game, potential game of the year type hype has gotten to me on Wednesday for a variety of multiple reasons. Like, I watched the Cowboys tape. I've started on the 49ers tape. And I took some time today to re-watch that divisional round playoff loss from the Cowboys. Yes, the one where they lost in a final play where Ezekiel Elliott was lined up under center. And I, walk, I walked away from that again thinking several, several, you know, several takeaways. But one of them, and perhaps the biggest one, was I didn't remember how much has changed since that game. Because, man, oh, man, it's been a lot of changes since then. So this game is directly tied into whatever happened in January. Yet at the same time, a lot has changed. And I'll just start off the show with a few examples before I get into the comments here. Last year, or last season, to put it one way, because it was in January, Tyler Smith was playing left tackle for the Cowboys. Tyron Smith, however, was playing right tackle versus, Joe, versus uh, Nick Boza. Connor McGovern was the left guard of the Cowboys in that game. And you know who was playing at wide receiver other than C.D. Lamb and a somewhat injured Michael Gallup? T.Y. Hilton and Noah Brown. There was no Brandon Cooks. There was no Jalen Tolbert. I mean, technically, there was Jalen Tolbert on the roster, but we know what happened there. It was a very different game. Man, when you get into the targets conversation, it's crazy. Look at the targets for the Cowboys in this game. C.D. Lamb was targeted 13 times, Dalton Schultz 10, and then you had Ezekiel Elliott with four, Tony Pollard with three, after CD, the next wide receiver on the list at three targets. So your second most targeted wide out on that game had three targets. 
And then you had Noah Brown with two. And you had T.Y. Hilton with one. And Cavante Turpin got a target as well. And a catch, of course. Holy smokes. There were some changes for sure. There were some changes for sure. And, you know, all offseason long, we've talked about Brandon Cooks being one of the biggest additions. And I think the the replay of the Niners-Cowboys playoff game today was, for me, a reminder as to why. And some of you might be thinking, Brandon Cooks is, has, has, has not really lit up the stat sheet or anything like that. And you would be right. But Brandon Cooks' impact on the offense is felt when you watch those all 22 clips and when you start diving into some film. You can really understand that Cooks is opening up some stuff for CD and the others, but also the fact that, C, uh, I mean, Brandon has been this close to making some big plays. And even inside the red zone, I believe, he has been this close to making some touchdown grabs for the Cowboys. So I'm just going to say I'm excited about that right away. I think it's the biggest takeaway that I've gotten as I prepare for this game that, I, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm already feeling the hype. It's because mainly because things have changed a little bit for Dallas, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We'll also talk about the defense, some things that have stayed the same, some things that have changed, mainly Craven Dix's injury, of course. But before we dive any further into today's game, into today's show, excuse me, let me say hi really quickly here on ADZ Sports, Dallas Primetime and the chat. We've got Gregory, Danny, Toxic Tom. We've got, uh, who else? Katharina on Facebook. We've got Mrs. Toxic Tom. Jason Chavez as well. We've got Karen on Facebook. Who else do we have around here? John Hills. I'm confident that the Cowboys are going to go absolutely insane. Shout out to Lance Bell joining us as well. Bruce. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Travis is also here. It's going to be a good show, I believe. And, uh, man, just let me say, I'm pretty excited about the game. Because, you know, the Niners are good. We know about that. We know that the 49ers are good, and they've won these big games before. Now it's a matter of the Cowboys joining that big boy club in the NFC. Because we know since the offseason that they are one of the three favorites in the NFC. And, boy, a win would be damn nice to go ahead and push that conversation a little bit more. Now, if you look at some stats very quickly and you look at what happened last January when it was a pretty defensive showdown, Cowboys offense had a lot of issues, whether it was drops or whether it was some mistakes from Dak Prescott or whether it was Michael Gallup giving up on a route, whether it was those sort of, I mean, Tony Pollard's injury for a second. I forgot about Pollard's injury happening in that game. And obviously I knew about it, right? Like we talked about it nonstop when it happened and during the, se- during the off season. But when I was watching the replay, like I wasn't conscious about the fact that, oh, we're getting close to Pollard's injury. I, I forgot about it for a second there. So that's also a storyline for this game for sure. But I was what, what I was going to say is not a great offensive day for the Cowboys. And then you look at what happened for the 49ers, and it really wasn't that great of a game either. Uh, Brock Purdy, worst game yet of his career, efficiency-wise. And it was a solid day 
I'll tell you what we won't do this week on primetime, and that's going to be, we're not going to hate on Brock Purdy. We're not going to blow him out of proportion either. But man, I've seen some hate for Brock Purdy on social media, and I really don't get it. He'll make some mistakes in games. Of course he will. He'll make some throws that are pretty inexplicable at times. But the kid has been extremely consistent for for San Francisco. And honestly, the guy is not... He, he benefits from his system, and he benefits from the coach, and he benefits from an insane collection of talent around him. But some people will act like Brock Purdy takes his first read, and that's all he does. And I don't get that. I really don't. Like, we've seen Brock Purdy go through entire progressions one, two, three, check down if he needs to go to the check down or make some complicated throws. So I'm going to give him some respect there. That game versus the Cowboys, though, was not his best outing. And he was he was asked to do a little bit more maybe than in other games because the Cowboys were stopping the run. They held Christian McCaffrey to 35 rushing yards in that game. They were doing a great job out of uh, stuffing the Niners at the line of scrimmage. So Purdy had to carry the weight a little bit in that game. And he was completing passes. He didn't turn the ball over, made some mistakes, but it didn't end up costing the Niners a whole lot. And then it came time to the for the George Kittle catch, which was absolutely insane. But I think that not many people talk about what Brock Purdy did because he's rolling to his left and he's throwing across the field. A huge no-no for many, but... He finds Kittle, who wasn't even really part of the play. He was more of running on a scramble drill down the field. And Brock Purdy catches that and reacts. So again, I want to give him some credit there. But at the end of the day, you look back at that game and it's a defensive showdown. Going into Sunday, I'm not sure if that's what I'm expecting. Because man, oh man, these offenses are fun to watch. And yes, I know that the Cowboys have some red zone struggles. We can see that. But we can also see the fact that they're moving the chains. We can also see the fact that they've been efficient in the passing game and in the rushing game. Right now, the 49ers and the Cowboys are the first and fourth offenses, respectively, in having their drives result at least on a first down. That means avoiding three and outs basically, at the highest rate. And you can see that on the screen right now. That's how this graph works. I believe it's a very nice way of looking at offenses because it tells you about their consistency. For example, the Niners moving the chains on 82% of their drives. Pretty high number. The Cowboys do it at a 77% clip. Now, the Dolphins and the Bills are sandwiched in between them at second and third. But notice the difference in the turnover rates. The Dolphins are turning the ball over on 8% of those drives. And the Bills are turning it over on 7%. The Niners are at 1% and the Cowboys are at 3%. So they're not really making those mistakes. And this is what I, you know, you talk about the red zone issues. Obviously, we do as a fan base because it's one of the issues that the Cowboys have shown so far. That's a nice problem to have. Like, not that it's a nice problem to have, but if that is your problem on offense, you're doing good. Maybe you're not doing great. You want to be elite, of course, but you're doing pretty good if that is your biggest concern offensively 
speaking. So having said all of that, let me take a quick look at the chat right now. And I'm sure that we're going to have some fun on today's conversation and some of the things that have changed. And we already went through that a little bit on offense, but we're also going to talk about some of the things that have stayed the same and some, let's call them cool little numbers that we have here uh, at, at the ready. But let me say, let me see some stuff here. Gotta stop Christian McCaffrey. Hell yes, is Lance Vell. Richard says, I don't get it either. He's outplayed his expectations. He's talking about Purdy, obviously. Time will tell, though. Purdy's been pretty good. And yeah, I understand the whole we haven't seen enough narrative. But at some point, you gotta admit that, hey, what we've seen is pretty good. And Purdy doesn't get that treatment, in my opinion. It's like people are banking on things going downward for him. And I'm not sure that's that, that's uh, fair. I really don't. Let's see here. Bruce says, this will be a test for both teams. Don't let the media fool you, Cowboys fans. And I absolutely agree. This is a big-time test for both teams. And just looking at these numbers, you would think over, right? Like, if these are two of the best four offenses in football, and the over-under is at 45 in the betting world, then you're expecting a high-scoring game. However, man, however, these defenses are also pretty good. And that's one of the areas where I will say right now, I think the Cowboys have a clear edge. Like, if you compare Cowboys' defense to the 49ers' defense, the Cowboys' defense is best. The problem is they don't face each other. So that matters uh, little. What does matter is the Cowboys have shown in the past that they can stop the Niners. And the Niners have shown in the past that they can stop the Cowboys. I believe one of these particular matchups, though, has changed more than the other. And you tell me which one has changed the most. Has the Cowboys offense versus 49ers defense changed more than the Niners offense versus the Cowboys defense? Which one is the matchup that has really changed the most going into week five? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about that question? I'm going to say it again if, in case it got confusing there for a second. Which matchup has changed more since January 22nd? Cowboys offense versus 49ers defense or 49ers offense versus Cowboys defense? Because to me, the answer is pretty clear. And I think that's where the storyline of this game is going to really center around. Bruce says, Cowboys scheme has, un has been under construction for the Texas Coast offense. Gregory says, our defense has changed the most. Interesting. Michael says Cowboys offense versus Niners defense. Katharina says Cowboys defense versus 49ers offense. So we're seeing some, hey, hey, we're seeing some, uh, you know, controversy a little bit in the chat. Gilbert says Dallas defense versus Niners offense. Toxic Tom says Cowboys offense versus 49ers defense. New OC and new DC. Offensive coordinator for Dallas, Brian Schottenheimer, and of course, the offensive architect being Mike McCarthy. And then for the Niners, D'Amico Ryans is out. And then Steve Wilkes has come in and has made some changes, uh, one of which has been very interesting to watch, and that is that five 
man defensive front where they are doing the same thing that the Cowboys are doing, kind of like generating those one-on-one matchups very consistently at the defensive line. Travis's Cowboys offense versus Niners defense. Lance goes with Cowboys offense. And then Michael says Cowboys D versus Niners offense. Here's my answer. Here's my answer. To me, the matchup that has changed the most has been the Cowboys offense versus the Niners defense. And to me, it is pretty clear, actually. Let's start with the offense. I put out, I pulled up this graphic earlier in the show, but I'm going to show it again. Just right off the bat, there are three differences in the five slots at the offensive line for Dallas. Because Tyler Smith is playing at left guard instead of left tackle. Tyron Smith is not playing right tackle. He's playing the position that has turned him into a future Hall of Famer. And the left guard happens to be a major upgrade. Instead of having Connor McGovern, you have Tyler Smith in there. And this is where I want to make a small parenthesis to say big news out of Dallas on Wednesday when Tyron Smith was a limited participant because holy smokes, that matters so much. We were thinking, hey, Tyron's not going to practice. We might get to Friday and Tyron might not be practicing at all. And maybe we're going to have to wait until Saturday to find out. No, it turns out that Tyron Smith is out there practicing already. That was huge in my opinion because that might point to the fact that he's trending in the right direction to play on Sunday. And if Tyron Smith plays on Sunday and Zach Martin also plays, then that's it. That's the first time since 2022, and you didn't do it in 2022, when you are fielding the offensive line combination that Cowboys fans have wanted since over a year. And the Cowboys themselves, not Cowboys fans. Like, this is the offensive line combination that Dallas wants. Tyron Tyler Viadish. Sack Martin and Terrence Steele. Didn't get that for a single game in 2022. Haven't gotten that for a single game in 2023. This might be the first time that we see that. And that's going to matter so much because suddenly you're a little bit more confident in whatever you've got going on on the left side of the offensive line. If Tyler Smith gets Javon Kinlaw, who's an amazing defensive tackle for the Niners, then you're comfortable with that. If Nick Bosa lines up versus Tyron Smith, you're never going to be comfortable with that, but you're going to be, I mean, way more comfortable than having Shuma Doga out there at left tackle, knowing that Nick Bosa is probably going to spend a lot of time there, even though he mostly plays versus right tackles. And to that, I was going to say, maybe you know that, hey, where we need the most help is probably for Tyron Steele. Not because the steel is bad or anything like that. Don't take it like that. Just because Nick Boza really is pretty good. Defensive player of the year, kind of good. So got to give him that level of respect. But that's a very different offensive line in my book. Now, you move on to the weapons. And a lot has changed. You know, T.Y. Hilton and Noah Brown are not going to be on the field on Sunday. It's going to be Brandon Cooks. And instead of Michael Gallup being banged up, it's going to be a healthy Michael Gallup. And you might say that the Uri is still out on who Gallup is in 2023. But we've seen some nice contested catches already. 
And we've seen some yards after the catch too. And just overall, some better route running from him. Because you might remember in 2022, there were some questionable routes, including in that game. One of the plays that resulted in a pick was, I'm not going to say that Dak Prescott was not the one to blame because I do believe he does deserve some blame there uh, and a big part of it for that interception. But Gallup also was giving up completely on the route. I don't think we're going to get that on Sunday. And now, finally, you get to the scheme. Man, I've talked about this at length on the show, and we already even went through some tape for that like a couple of weeks ago. Dak Prescott's footwork has gotten better. We might not see a lot of changes like schematically unless you are really diving into it on offense. But you might not, if you were expecting like an Andy Reid type offense, you were not going to get that. I mean, not that you're not getting some West Coast stuff, which you absolutely are, but you're not looking at something as creative as the Andy Reid offense, or you're not seeing a Shanahan-esque offense. But the small changes for Dallas, most of them have to do with Dak Prescott's footwork, for example, right? Like a more, a, a heavier emphasis on how Dak ties his fit to the receiver routes. And this is something that Dak has talked about. Mike McCarthy has talked about. And we knew about it. But when re-watching that divisional round playoff loss versus the Niners today, I was blown away because, man, it does look much better today. We are seeing a version of Dak Prescott that is much more comfortable taking those three steps and firing the football or those you know, progressions, we see him a little bit more intentional with every one of his movements. And that's something that you got to love from the tape, especially when you compare it to whatever happened last year, which was definitely an issue on, on that sense during that playoff loss versus, versus the Niners. Now, on a very similar note, the Cowboys are getting rid of the football pretty quickly. Cowboys identity, offensively, we have yet to find out because we have seen them in very weird scenarios. We have seen them in three blowout wins in which the defense has done a big part of the heavy lifting or special teams, right? Special teams touchdown in, the, in week one, the pick six for Darren Bland in week one, thanks to the big hit from Trevon Diggs. We've seen the Leighton Van Der Esch touchdown versus the Patriots. We've seen De'Ron Bland's pick six versus the Patriots. So we've seen some blowout wins that have been weird in that sense. That doesn't mean that the offense cannot be aggressive. We just haven't really seen them be very aggressive. But one thing that we have found out about the Cowboys offense, though, is that they want to run quick game. That's what they want to do. That's one of their biggest goals in 2023. Have Dak Prescott take three-step drops or one-step drops from the shotgun and get rid of the football. So much so that if you look at intended air yards per pass attempt, the Cowboys are the lowest in the entire NFL. The Cowboys are at 5.6 this year, which is the lowest by about half a yard because the New York Giants are second with 6.2. And then you've got the Bengals and then you've got the Seahawks and the Jaguars and the Ravens. The Cowboys are throwing 
very quick passes and very short passes. You look at what the Cardinals did to the Niners, and it kind of worked. Like the Niner, the Cardinals also ran a lot of quick game versus San Francisco, and it worked. To give you an idea, Joshua Dobbs, who deserves some respect. I'm not saying that because he beat the Cowboys only, but because he really does deserve it. Joshua Dobbs was 15 for 20, throwing it short. Throwing it short, he was 15 for 20. That's a 75% completion rate, four touchdown two, and seven first downs. That's some good stuff right there from the Cardinals. And you look at the Cowboys and the offense looks, they all look comfortable. I feel like Dak is making these decisions look easy. I feel like we have not really seen a lot of turnover-worthy plays from the Cowboys in that sense. The exception being the linebackers that drop back into coverage that we've talked about on the show. Like when they kind of sell the pressure, they even make contact with the offensive line and they, they drop back. Dak has had some issues with that. Hopefully that gets fixed. It hasn't cost them a lot. Maybe with the exception of the Cardinals game that ended with a pick. But even that wasn't the exact same. But I believe that the Cowboys have something that could work very well versus a Niners defense that its biggest strength is not at cornerback, in my opinion. And then you go into some losses for San Francisco and they did lose D'Amico Ryans to the Houston Texans, became uh, the head coach for the Texans and he's doing a pretty good job over there. And then... You think about some personnel changes like Jimmy Ward not being there, also went to the Texans. Jimmy Ward was a pretty big part of that divisional playoff loss because he, for example, the CeeDee Lamb pick that happened in the second half when he's throwing for the first down and then Jimmy Ward tips the ball, goes into the hands of Fred Warner. That is absolutely Jimmy G, uh, I mean, Jimmy Ward, excuse me, making the play. In that sense. So I do believe this is where the most changes are. Here's another change that I think was worth bringing up. That intended air yards thing has translated to something else as well. And of course, they improved players up front. Last year, the Cowboys were around league average in pressure rate allowed as an offense. Around league average, you know, somewhere around 20%. That's about 15, 17, 16. I don't remember the exact ranking, but I can tell you it's right around the middle. Right now, the Cowboys are the third least pressured offense in the NFL. Again, that's because of several reasons. One, you do have a better offensive line right now. PFF ranked the Cowboys offensive line the third best in the league entering week five. Third best. And, and they're not even accounting for Tyron Smith being trending for a return for Sunday because they have Chumai Doga listed as the offensive line right there. So that speaks volumes about where the Cowboys are at in the trenches. But it's also tied directly to the fact that they're getting rid of the football quickly. It's Prescott, boom, boom, boom. And we've already talked about the fact that, okay, the intermediate passing game was back versus the Patriots. We've seen the Cowboys get answers for those deep throws as well. 
If they want to manufacture Max Protect, maybe they have some things to clean up. Maybe they don't want to have Deuce Vaughn in the Max Protect scheme, but they're finding answers to do it. And that's something that I also like very much from the Cowboys offense so far. Let's see some of your comments and then let's dive into the other matchup, which is the defense versus the Cowboys and really compare what's changed and what hasn't changed. Let's see. Oh, man, I love the comment section because everyone is fired up for this game. And man, so am I. So am I. It's, it's going to be a very, very fun one, man. Gregory says, we need to use Turpin more. He makes stuff happen and a threat every play. Yeah, uh, man, I want to see more of Cavante Turpin as well. You guys know that I've, I've uh, been a skeptic, but I feel like the Cowboys are definitely trying to get him more and more involved. He was even running some plays as a blocker, like on screen throws versus the Patriots. You know, some of those screenplays that came out of the bunch formation when they've got three receivers bunched up. Cavante Turpin was being a blocker in some of those. And I'm not sure if I love that strategy, but if you want to get Turpin involved in a big way, he cannot be the guy that just runs jets motions and go routes. He needs to do more. He needs to do all kinds of things. So it is a necessary thing for him to be a blocker on screen passes or to do this or to do that. So I agree with that. Um, hopefully we do see a more involved and more consistent version of Cavante Turpin. Let's see here. Uh, Michael says with the red zone issues, we could use some game breaking touchdowns. Eddie Logan says his Trent Williams hurt for the 49ers. No, he, he's actually back as the highest graded left tackle in the NFL, according to PFF. And again, PFF grades, yeah, take them with a grain of salt, but also Trent Williams, still pretty good. He has been banged up, but Trent Williams is back for the Niners, though. Ayuk is a dangerous one, says Troy Dudley. And okay, let's, let's, let's jump into the other side. Let's talk about the Cowboys' defense versus the Niners' offense. I don't think a lot has changed for those two units. I really don't. The 49ers offense does the same thing that they did last year. They have a slightly worse offensive line, I will say, but it's more or less the same weakness. Like if you could hurt the Niners in the trenches last year, it was on the right side of the offensive line. But now you get to this year, and yes, they have a slightly worse right tackle, in my opinion. But it's still the right side that you can really attack. The right guard is an issue for the Niners, too, by the way. You can attack the, the, the right guard for the Niners. I'm expecting a big game from Oza on Sunday. I think he's going to be a key. And he was a key in the playoffs. And now he's better. Right guard for the Niners has allowed about or has had some level of responsibility in the pressures that the Niners have allowed at a the highest rate in the NFL. As in, that's a weird stat, but it I'm trying to explain it as best as I can. PFF tracks if a player has some responsibility for a pressure, if the team keeps up, gives up a pressure, and then they measure, okay, in this percentage of the plays, the right tackle at 
some responsibility in this percentage of the plays. The right guard did, the center, the left guard, the left tackle. The Niners, the right guard for the Niners has the highest grade of responsibility in the NFL. So that's going to be something to watch for sure on Sunday. But the Niners still do the same stuff. And it's pretty good stuff, do not get me wrong. But they're still going to put a lot of stress on you horizontally. They're going to force your linebackers to move out of position. They're going to force your defensive backs to do the same. They're going to run outside. You're going to have to contain them. Good news, though, the Cowboys did contain them. They're going to take some seven-step drops here and there, and it's not going to be pretty for them, I believe, especially against the Cowboys' defense. That's going to be where, hey, if you see Brock Purdy dropping back seven steps, you know, if you're watching from the couch laying back, you're going to have to straighten up when that happens because that's when the big opportunities might come for Dallas. That's when the big opportunities come. I love these sort of comments, man, because Rick says, please shut this kid up. Rick, Rick should learn how to use like the smartphone and kind of like just close out the window and keep scrolling or something. Well, let's see some more of your comments here, though. And all kidding, all kidding aside, Travis says, Oza over the right tackle. Then bring Parsons on a stunt behind him in the same gap. Oh, you know they're going to send some pressures, man. You absolutely know that they're going to send some pressures and they're going to find ways to make these work. Cowboys win, says Isidro. Oh, we're already dropping predictions in the chat. I love it. Tino Santiago says... We cannot give up big plays like we did in the Arizona game if we stop the run and keep everything in front of us and that takes care of the ball. We will de- we will win this game. Eating times is Lanceville. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Blaine says put Lance in on goal line plays. That's not that's not gonna happen, I believe, like throughout the season, because he's being the inactive quarterback, so he can only enter the game if he if if uh, both Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush are injured. <laughs> yeah, House, I agree. Tommy915 says, I wish that I had a Grinch on Facebook. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I think that's where the opportunities are going to come for the most part. The Niners, man, they just do a whole lot of stuff to keep you confused. The one reason why I'm very... Maybe optimistic. I don't want to say optimistic because I don't. I still don't know who I'm going with for this game and what the bet is going to be on tomorrow's segment of betting the Cowboys. I have a early lean, but it's not an easy decision. The thing that keeps me optimistic about this whole game is that we've seen the Cowboys stop the Niners before, and it's going to be the same sort of stuff. Honestly, sure there are going to be some changeups. And that coaching matchup between Kyle Chenahan and uh, Dan Quinn, and then even on the other side with Steve Wilkes and Mike McCarthy being a little bit of a newer matchup in this particular matchup between teams, it's going to be fun. Because the Niners, man, they had some well-timed blitzes as well. There was Hufanga, the safety, was coming free through the B-gap or the A-gap. I don't remember exactly, but he was coming completely free because no one saw it coming a direct path to Dak Prescott to just 
blast him. And then we saw some very well-timed pressures for, from the Cowboys as well. Micah was on fire that night. So it's going to be a very fun game of, you know, in, in the pass pro world, in the pass pro world, it's going to be a fun one to watch because I do believe the Niners are doing a good job really generating one-on-one matchups up front. And the Cowboys, we know they dominate that space as well. Now, again, it's going to be about containing the run, which the Cowboys did pretty well. Just set the edge, force everything inside. The Niners want to get outside. Don't let it happen. Just keep them inside, keep them inside, keep them inside as much as you can, obviously. And then just gap integrity. I know that we're not fully confident about Damon Clark, about Leighton Van Der Esch plugging their gaps. But this defense had Anthony Barr and Leighton Van Der Esch getting the job done last year. One of the big difference from this matchup is the fact that Isimukwamu was playing a whole lot in that game. And that's because, you know, the Cowboys were dealing with the cornerback injuries. And you have a pretty big one right now with Trevon Diggs being out for the year. But you have Stephon Gilmore and you have Deron Bland. You have Jordan Lewis. Deron Bland is not only thriving as a cover cornerback, but he is pretty physical. And he showed that since last year, since he was a rookie. So I'm confident in Deron Bland getting into tackling uh, situations and getting the job done as well. Because you know that the Niners are going to try to run at the cornerbacks. It's going to be... It's going to be intense, man. It's going to be one of those games where, and this is how I would close out the show, where I believe that the Cowboys and the Niners are really the two. I don't, I don't even want to get into that controversy right now because I was going to say that they could be the best two teams in the NFC. In my opinion right now, they would be, honestly. And I didn't fully believe that entering the year because I was respecting the Eagles after the work that they did last year. But right now, I would probably put the Cowboys above the Niners, but above the Eagles, excuse me. I think that the Niners, they still need to earn it on Sunday. But what I'm trying to get to is, this is really game of the year potential stuff. This is going to be that kind of a game, in my opinion. And it's going to come down to just a handful of plays. And that's why I think of the George Kittle play, man. Because you got to give it to the 49ers. That was special. In retrospect, it was more special than I thought it was when it first happened. And that might be because I was very frustrated when it happened. We all were, right? We just remembered Trevon Diggs whiffing on the tackle. But we might not remember the fact that Brock Purdy was rolling to his left and finding George Kittle over the middle when he wasn't even running a route originally. That was a special play in a special moment. The Cowboys need that in this game as well. It's going to come down to two to three moments in this game. And before I get out of here, and this is not the prediction show, it's going to come tomorrow when we get into betting the Cowboys and we're going to get some enemy insight as well. I always love doing that because you learn more about the other team. And then when we get there to Sunday, we all kind of are more prepared to enjoy the football game at a higher level. So looking forward to that tomorrow night. Expect a segment where we talk to somebody else who covers the Niners for ADZ Sports. Shout out to Nicholas McGee. And 
this is what I wanted to say. The Cowboys better win the coin toss, man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding, but I am very intrigued as to whether or not they will elect to receive if they do win the coin toss. And that's been a whole thing for the Cowboys this year. Because you know that uh the Cowboys want to get ahead in games so that the part their pass rush can do the their thing. But then again, man, and this ties back to the fact that the Cowboys were stopping the Niners. It was a three and out to start the game. And then the Niners really struggled to get into the red zone versus the Cowboys. They picked off Michael Gallup at the Dak Prescott at the 21-yard line, and the Cowboys forced them to a field goal. They had a return to the 46-yard line, and it was a three and out from there. It was a lot of stuff, man. It was a lot of stuff. We'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, though, for now, that will be it for me here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. The biggest message that you need to walk away from today is this is not the same game. And these, not, these are not the same Cowboys. And these are slightly not the same 49ers, even if they are the most similar team to last year. But ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be so fun. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow when we get into the predictions. Because we're going to talk about some specific matchups. And we're going to talk about what will define the game. I really enjoyed this show. I think it's one of, it's been one of my favorites of the season so far. PZL Fuego says, you got to answer my question. Oh, man. Let me try to find it real quick before I get out of here. Man, PZ, I don't get, I don't, I, don't, I cannot find it here. Did I ever watch Friday? <laughs> I have not watched Friday. I know that you guys, I know that you guys have tried to get me to watch it, but I have not. I need to, I need to put it on my list. I need to put it on my list. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you so much. Y nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.